0: One of the best food scenes in the country, right here in Minnesota. And nobody knows it like magazine food critic and James Beard Award finalist, Jason Derusha. Now bringing you the most interesting people and hottest trends. Let's listen in as Derusha Eats. Hello and welcome to our second episode of the Derusha Eats podcast. I'm Jason Derusha. I am the Afternoon Drive radio host at WCCO AM in Minneapolis and St. Paul. I'm also the food editor and food critic for Minnesota Monthly Magazine. I've been covering food in the Twin Cities for more than 15 years, and it is a thrill to talk to the people who are making memories, who are making incredible food, and who are shaping the food scene here in Minnesota. In this episode, we bring you celebrity chefs, two chefs who have reached TV fame from the Twin Cities. One in St. Paul, one in Minneapolis, Justin Sutherland and Ann Kim. Both bring their personal stories to the table, and both have brought it to a national television audience. Uh, Both, interestingly, share a background in high school speech. I was a high school speech competitor myself, but both Justin Sutherland and Ann Kim competed in speech team. Some states call it forensics. But what they did in speech isn't that different from what they're doing in their restaurants and in their TV appearances. At its best, a quality restaurant is really communicating a story. Maybe that story is about uh, where you're from. Maybe it's about where you've been. Maybe it's about where you're going. High school speech isn't that different, sharing those stories Uh, sharing what's in your heart. Uh, Some people do it through acting, drama, performance, and some people do it through incredible food. So enjoy Episode 2 of the Derusha Eats Podcast. It is time for Derusha Eats, and today we bring in Chef Justin Sutherland, who has a new cookbook out Justin, thanks for joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Congratulations on the new book.
1: Hey, hey Jason, thanks for having me. And yeah, thank you. Today was uh, launch day.
0: The book is called Northern Soul. It launches today. Uh, and so people can find it, find it everywhere. What What was it like for you to kind of, you know, open up a part of your own soul as you, you shared uh, a lot of the cooking and recipes that, that have been formative for you?
1: Yeah, you know, it's quite the process. I mean, I've been working on it for almost over two years now. And, you know, you think you have all these recipes and stuff stashed away. And that's, you know, that's kind of the easy part. But really, you know, formulating a structured book. And again, like you said, putting your own stories on paper and then seeing it come alive was uh, quite the process.
0: Justin, we'll talk more about your cookbook. But I do want to get into uh, really the unfortunate reason that you ended up in the the, uh, public's attention this summer, uh, July 3rd. You were boating with friends on the St. Croix River uh, when you ended up in the water, and then the boat and the propeller ended up uh, hitting you. Can you take me back to July third and tell me what, what you remember about that day?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so it was a it was a beautiful day. Um, we are out on the St. Croix with, with some friends, like we do every July third. Uh, it was actually kind of the end of the day, heading back towards the dock to drop some people off and weren't going fast, but you know, a little gust of wind came and blew my head off and just made a natural reaching reaction. Wasn't going for it, you know, necessarily and hit a little wake and was off balance on my right foot and went, went under.
0: Do you remember getting hit by the boat?
1: Uh, I remember when I was swimming back up, I could see the shadow of the boat had kind of floated above me. And it was,
0: you know, within inches.
1: I, I saw that propeller going and then, you know, the lights went out briefly. Um, and I came back to when I when I broke the surface again.
0: Did you did you feel I guess this feels like a weird question, but did, did you feel pain? I mean, you were and you can tell us what you later discovered, but you were nearly killed.
1: Yes, it was. I mean, it was horrible. Um, but no, I mean, surprisingly enough, I mean, the, the after pain after was, was horrible. But during the accident, I didn't feel any of the pain from it remotely. It's uh, it's pretty incredible what your what your mind and body will do in those moments of trauma where they just shut stuff off and they don't want you to remember.
0: Are, are did you have a point again? Why don't you describe what your injuries were? Uh, just how bad was this?
1: I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. I mean, my half my face was, was hanging off. I mean, laceration all the way from the top of my head through my eye, through my nose completely, uh, skull fracture on the right side, uh, compound fracture in my right shoulder, and propeller sliced through my left forearm. It's, uh, about five metal plates in my face right now and metal plate in my arm. It was it was pretty serious. I mean, very, very much near death. People generally don't walk away from, from run-ins like that.
0: Uh, I know one of your eyes was was severely damaged. Your your left eye, right?
1: Correct. Yeah, and you know it's after like again. After I first saw the pictures and really realized how how severe it was. I mean, they that blade sliced all the way through my eyelid and and just stopped. I mean, less than millimeters away from ripping the eye out. Uh, still got about got about 80 percent of vision back in it right now, and they think as the swelling continues to go down, it'll continue to come back. So yeah, I well, definitely could have lost it.
0: We're talking with Justin Sutherland, owner of Handsome Hog, a new book out called Northern Soul. Uh, I do want to ask you: This was Fourth of July weekend. I know a lot of people out on the St. Croix River uh, have maybe, you know, had a drink or two or ten. W- were you impaired while you were boating?
1: I uh, know, actually, not at all. And I mean, obviously, they did, uh, you know, the blood alcohol test after you know when i was unconscious but no i was, I was not i mean obviously you know it had a beer so during the day but i'm generally you know I've, we've had the boat club together for seven years and you know, he's ever captain for the days takes that responsibility on Which what, was me this year
0: yeah what what i mean when you're a public figure obviously uh that come i suppose you get two sides to that in a moment like this the support was incredible uh You know, and of course, the criticism as well, because you got a a lot of attention for the fact that there was a GoFundMe set up. And I think people were astonished that you didn't have uh, that you didn't have insurance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm twofold there. I remember when I found out, you know, the GoFundMe had been set up. It was probably after my fifth day in the hospital. And I still at this point didn't really realize how severe it was. So I remember Mm -hmm. being pretty angry. You know that you know i didn't didn't really want that but then when you realize you're pushing four hundred <laughs> thousand dollars medical bill, uh you know that stuff's necessary um yeah. yeah you know as far as as far as insurance you know i had did the minnesota care you know and I, at that time when we signed up you know i'm making sixteen dollars an hour still and you know it's three four hundred dollars a month and i just was never needing it to go to the to the doctor and ended up letting it lapse and then got to a point where i really so, was, you know, self-insured. I think you you don't really plan for these catastrophic moments, but, you know, if I had to go have a $10,000 surgery or I had to go to, the, go to the doctor for something, I felt, you know, I was in a place I could pay that out of pocket.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it, the catastrophic moment is what, I don't know, is that something that, you, well, <laughs> a stupid question, I guess, but you look at that differently now.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at everything differently. I mean, how... You know in control or in a, in a direction you think your life can be going at any moment and it can it can stop on a dime
0: uh, has has it changed who who you are as a person uh you know i don't know if
1: who, uh, who i am as a person overall but i mean it's you know it inherently changes all kinds of things i mean right. when you have 16 days laying in a in a hospital bed with nothing to, to do but but you know think and reflect on all aspects of life i think you you know, you get changed and I think, you know, your gratitude comes out. I mean, huh. realizing yeah. how close you look to death, I mean, just very grateful to be here and very grateful for the, you know, the people and the sport.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. How do you not, right? Like you reconsider kind of, all right, who, what am I doing with my life? Am I making a positive impact? What do I want to do? Go going forward. When you're, when you feel like you've been given uh, the gift of the fact that you, you get another you get to continue having a crack at at life.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and, and, and I think all of those things that you just named, you know, you know, go through your head, and you you yeah. reflect upon and consider. Uh, so yeah, I think not everybody gets uh, you know a second crack at it. So yeah, you want to make sure you' doing it all the way.
0: All right, I'm well. I'm. Go- I'm glad that you have that second crack for sure. And we talked uh, along the way and you sound, you sound great. I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, gratified to, to see how the recovery's come and that, that you're able to keep doing what you love. We want to talk more about that. The book is called Northern soul. Your journey to being a chef and a TV celebrity chef is fascinating and inspiring. And so we'll talk more about that and some of the recipes in the book that it. Uh, is on sale right now. Northern Soul, Justin Sutherland on DeRussia Eats. More in minutes here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, Justin Sutherland is our guest on DeRussia Eats. We wish we had meaningful baseball to watch, but, you know, you still, what can you do, Justin? <laughs> I don't
1: know. It's hot out right now. I don't
0: know if I'm sitting in a baseball game. No, 0% is right. Uh, what What's it mean to a kid who grew up here in the Twin Cities... Um, and your, your upbringing, you know, was, was, uh, I don't know, you certainly didn't think you were going to be a a TV celebrity chef when you were a kid growing up here, but to have a book of recipes that are meaningful to you that come from your family and come from your heart, what does it mean to see that, uh, in, in people's hands now?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's been a wild, wild ride, and no, nothing that I ever planned on or set out for. So, you know, very blessed to be here and be doing what I'm doing. Uh, and then, yeah, I just think it's really important to to share that story and, and share that food and those recipes that you know have been important to me uh, throughout my life and, and journey. So, it's it's pretty cool to see it out in people's hands. Uh,
0: favorite recipes that you have in this book?
1: Oh, you know, it's you know. One of the recipes that just kind of tells the story of the book, you know, it's super simple, um, is is the collard greens recipe. Uh, For me, it's just, that's the story of soul food and, you know, and that simple food that, you know, that became, that was food that came over from slaves that became Southern food, but it is now. Um, That just really tells the story of it. Uh, Other than that, and the gumbo in there is phenomenal. There's a lobster etouffee that uh, that we love, so.
0: Justin, you, you went to Apple Valley High School, right? I did. And you were a speech uh, and debate. Uh, you were a bit of a superstar, weren't you, in high school? I ask because you know I coached my kids' speech <laughs> yeah. and debate team last year. Uh, but you I, were a speech I, and debate nerd as a kid.
1: I did, all the way. Um, you know, theater, speech and debate, that's, that's what I was in. And, yeah, 2003, went to, went to state and nationals, and it was something I kind of just fell into and ended up loving
0: I think it's interesting that both you and Ann Kim were high school champion level speech and debaters in high school. And you look at how I mean, if you think about it, oratory and cooking is just different ways of telling a story.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, food, music, and yeah, and speaking like that, it's, you know, it's all just delivering that story. And I think, you know, there's benefits from from having skills in, in both camps.
0: When you're making a, when, when you're putting together a cookbook, Northern soul, Southern inspired home cooking from a Northern kitchen. Is it, so I read the book. It's a great read because you share, you share personal stories about yourself, about your family, about your restaurants, uh, how much are you thinking, OK, are regular people going to be able to to make some of this stuff?
1: For me, that was I mean, that was thought number one, um, you know, especially this first book. And, you know, someone who collects and reads a lot of cookbooks. I mean, even for me, sometimes you get these cookbooks and bring them home and you're like, I can't make any of this. Correct. So, you know, this was this was very much geared towards, you know, uh, a home a home cook. Um, you know, with just getting, you know, a taste of, of Southern cooking and, you know, very technique-driven on a basic level, you know, and leaving a lot of the foofy, chef stuff off and just making it very approachable.
0: How are how are the restaurants doing? How are things going in St. Paul at Handsome Hog?
1: You know, uh, the restaurants are, are doing well. I mean, Handsome Hog, you know, luckily enough, you know, has continued to do well, but we still, you know, the restaurants in St. Paul in general uh, are certainly not back to, to where they are, even close to where they were, so... We still uh, still need some help. Everybody
0: hard to find staff, uh, or you need more customers, or both. It's it's
1: both. I mean, it's staff, it's it's customers, it's you know, still supply chain stuff and and and, and money stuff. I mean, everything is so expensive, especially food. People
0: think it's back to normal because when people go out, restaurants look full.
1: Right. And that, you know, those are those certain, you know, one to two hour time blocks of the day or certain, you know, days of the week. Um, But, you know, it's they're 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 coming back. But I think there's still a perfect storm of a lot of uh, bad stuff out there for the restaurant world.
0: What's what's next for you? You're out doing interviews, promoting the book. Are you you here in the Twin Cities or are you out of town right now?
1: No, I'm 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 here back at home. home. I'm just just easing, you know, slowly back into trying to get back out there to work. Um, season two of my show, Taste of the Culture, will be out here uh, next week or so. So we finished, luckily, finished filming that right before the accident. Oh, nice. and,
0: uh, a couple, and taste, the, a tell more projects, tell people about Taste of the Culture.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's a show that I get to be executive producer on. It's on the Turner Networks, uh, Delta Airlines, and HBO Max. Um, you know, it's a, a show where I get to travel around and kind of take the spotlight off of me and, and help tell some other unknown stories around the country, um, you know, uh, focusing on the, you know, the immigrant uh, population, BIPOC, uh, women-owned businesses, and everything in different aspects of the food space.
0: Taste the Culture is the name of that with Justin Sutherland, so you can check that out. Fast Foodies, you've been in. It's great. Uh, it's just great that you're on the mend. We, we were all, so, well, I'm sure you were worried about yourself when you realized what had happened, but we are all worried about you.
1: I, I really appreciate that. appreciate all the support uh, and love that has come in through this unfortunate journey. So yes, thank you,
0: Jason. Justin Sutherland, so excited about the book, uh, Northern Soul, Southern Inspired Home Cooking from a Northern Kitchen, and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Jason. De Russia Eats continues. Here's your host, Jason De Russia. Drive time with De Russia. And so excited to be joined by Chef Ann Kim, who is already well. Ann, you're already very famous here in the Twin Cities. But are you ready for the? <laughs> are you ready for the attention that that you and your restaurants are going to get after you become a, a Netflix star this week?
2: Oh, I don't know, Jason. I'm just really grateful uh, for the opportunity. So we'll see what comes.
0: Ann is focused. Uh, you are one of the pizza makers in this Netflix uh, culinary docu-series called Chef's Table. And yes. uh, tell me, how did they ask you? How did you end up in this? And when did they shoot all of this? Because they came here and shot quite a uh, for quite a while with you at your restaurants, right?
2: That's right. Uh, well, it started about two and a half years ago. And I was contacted by one of the executive producers, uh, Brian McGinn, and he actually contacted me, direct messaged me on Instagram. And so I ignored it because (laughs) I thought it was spam.
0: You didn't know, (laughs) you didn't know he was legit. Ah,
2: Amazing. No, I didn't think he was legit. So I just ignored it. And then a couple days later, we got an email from the same Brian McGinn in our, um, uh, restaurant inbox. And, uh, I guess he was legit, and I apologized for ignoring him. I just didn't think <laughs> that the producers of uh, Chef's Table would contact me that way. But that was about two and a half years ago in February. They um, said they were starting a new season, and it was going to be focused all on pizza chefs, and they wanted to feature me, and I just my jaw just about dropped. And um, so we were originally supposed to have started filming – Uh, the summer of 2020, but we all know what happened uh, that spring in March when the pandemic happened and everything went down on lockdown. So shooting was postponed. I honestly thought maybe they were just going to cancel it. Uh, But then they said it was back on. And so we started filming literally a year ago, uh, like a year ago around this time, because the state fair was also happening and um, then a year, I guess, a year ago, a year from then, right. it's going to air. Right. So it's been quite the journey.
0: And Kim is the chef and owner of Hello Pizza, Pizzeria Lola, Young Joni, and Suki and Mimi, all terrific restaurants here in the Twin Cities. And Chef's Table focused on France and then pastry and then barbecue and now pizza. And I want to play a little clip. The first episode, you have a whole episode about you. Is this right?
2: Yeah, all the chefs have about 45 minutes each, and they spent about a week following me around from morning until night, um, which, you know, was it was a little strange at first, but then after a couple of days, it kind of felt like they were just kind of my shadow But it was a little challenging. We were still filming during pandemic rules. And the most challenging part was that the director of my episode, Zia Amanda Vila, she was actually she was stuck in New Zealand. Um, So she is a Kiwi and she was stuck there. Uh, New Zealand went back on lockdown just a few days before she was supposed to fly out and everything was closed. So no government officials could go. Her passport was ready and stamped, but they couldn't get it to her. So the producers decided last minute rather than put in a new director because we had already started a relationship. She had started to form my story. They, they thought it was in the best interest of the story for her to still direct it, but via Zoom. Wow. Oh,
0: so crazy. It was crazy.
2: incredibly challenging, but what an incredible team shooting this. I mean, it was the best of the best.
0: So. All right. Let me play a clip of this. You're, you're the third episode in this series, I, I believe, right?
2: I actually don't even. Oh, you know. don't know? Yes.
0: The first one, uh, the the first one, I think, drops tomorrow. And let's uh, play a short clip from Netflix's Chef's Table. It's all about pizza, and one episode featuring Twin Cities chef Anne Kim.
2: My appreciation of pizza came when I was in college in New York City. In a New York City slice shop, you get to really see the diversity in this country. You bump into someone and you talk to them. I love that energy. And I wanted to recreate that in my restaurants. Minnesotans are very to themselves, but pizza is one of those things that brings people together.
0: And pretty cool. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. The shots of your restaurants, and and what what do you think this? I mean, what do you think this is going to mean for for the Twin Cities? All the people who are going to be exposed to this.
2: Yeah, I hope it means really great things, bringing people not only from across the country, but actually the entire. All six episodes actually um, premiere tomorrow at once, so you can. Oh, they do cool. Um, stream all of them. Uh, If you want to binge all of them tomorrow, you can. (laughs) But it uh, launches globally tomorrow. So I hope that brings people from from other countries and across the country, because honestly, I still think a lot of people look at Minnesota as flyover territory. And there's some so many exciting things happening in Minneapolis, especially in the restaurant scene. And I hope that it not only brings exposure to what we're doing, but to our entire restaurant community as a whole, because I think it's super exciting and vibrant and some of the most delicious things happening here, right in our backyard.
0: One of the things, the executive producer, and we're talking with Ann Kim, who is the focus of one of the episodes of Chef's Table debuting on Netflix tomorrow. Uh, the executive producer talked about your kimchi pizza uh, mm-hmm. is saying that, Just, it seems like it was sacrilegious, like the idea to put kimchi on a pizza. (laughs) Uh, And did you think of it that way when you were creating it? No, as a matter of fact, the kimchi pizza,
2: which is called the Lady Zaza, didn't make the first cut. I didn't really have it on the original menu. And then I was just sort of thinking about all the flavors that would taste really good on a pie. And I thought why wouldn't kimchi taste great on a pie? It's got all the flavors that I love. I love pickles and fermented uh, things like kraut. And I thought, you know, when you cook kimchi, it actually gets a more deep, richer flavor than eating it uh, raw fermented as a side dish. So I really brought um, a dish together that was inspired by my love of a stir fried kimchi and pork dish. And so incorporated that on a pizza and in lieu of a bowl of rice, I just saw a handmade uh, pizza crust as the foundation. And it just came together. And for me, it's really nothing's really sacrilegious. It's just if it tastes good, then it belongs on a pie. And it just it's balanced. And I think it's unique. And the great thing about this particular pizza is about 12 years ago when we opened Pizzeria Lola, Many people would come, and they had never even experienced kimchi, so it was pizza sort of became this like gateway <laughs> to Korean cuisine, and yeah. they asked questions about it and wanted to explore it even more. So I think that was really great about that as well.
0: It's so good. It's just so good. Uh, Thank you, yeah, yeah, it's terrific you You've had uh such great success with pizza, and then your newest restaurant, Suki and Mimi. Uh, no pizza, no pizza no pizza. Uh, no pizza, but what I love is that uh, all of the all of your restaurants really are feel like they 're you they 're parts of your personality, but they 're also all mm-hmm. different, so you can really experience you know going to all of these restaurants and, and uh, I, I admire that I think it's you know it's it's uh, it 's risky to open a new place that doesn't do kind of what your calling card ha- has been. Yeah. Uh, but Suki yeah. and Mimi is awesome.
2: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that, Jason. Yes. I mean, as you know, my other restaurants, uh, pizza was my wheelhouse. It was sort of my comfort zone. And that was a particular craft that I really decided I was going to hone in on and focus on and do it to the best of my ability. And a uh, A few years ago, the reason why I decided to focus on something different, which is masa and all the beautiful things you can create from masa, uh, in particular tortilla, was when I went to Mexico for the first time and had a nixtamal stone ground corn tortilla for the first time. And it almost moved me to the tears. And I thought, Mm -hmm. why can't we have more of this? And so it really just became sort of an obsession of mine, just like making great pizza dough I wanted to make really great masa and create beautiful specialties, and really what I wanted to do is make sure that I stayed as honest to the tradition of um, making masa and masa specialties as as I possibly could and making tortillas, but making it authentic to who I am and my story and my experience. So you may not find really traditional mexican dishes here but you will find things that i love to eat the things that inspire me and i hope um i honor that and people really enjoy it
0: the series is called chef's table pizza it's on netflix starting tomorrow uh, can't wait to see it and congratulations are you Thank in you la so much, now Jesus. i thought i was told you're in la for the opening of this
2: I am. I'm in L.A. for the uh, premiere, the premiere party tomorrow. So I'm in la-la land. Red
0: carpet stuff and fancy schmancy stuff? Is that how it...
2: No, no. No red carpet stuff because I think it'd be really, really challenging to have to sit through six 45-minute episodes. So it's really more of a a celebration and a party with all the chefs at Chris Bianco's new... uh, Uh, pizzeria that he just opened here in LA. So I'm really looking forward to it. It should be fun.
0: Excellent. And Kim, congratulations. This is awesome. Look forward to the show. Thank you. Nice to visit with you. Thank you so much. And Kim, live from LA where she's getting ready for the premiere of this Netflix show. Always good for the Twin Cities whenever any of our chefs get this kind of national attention because it means people will fly here. They will. People, the bad news, it's going to be harder to get a reservation at Young Joni. I suspect that's how that's going to go. Thanks so much for listening to the DeRussia Eats podcast. On WCCO Radio, 830 AM, we do conversations with chefs, with farmers, with small business people every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. The podcast is available every week. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would love for you to leave us a review. Give us however many stars you can. I don't know, 10, 20 stars would be nice, five stars, and leave your feedback as well. It really helps us grow and helps support covering the food community here at WCCO Radio and in the DeRussia Eats podcast. If you'd like to email me with an idea or a question about the restaurant scene, you can email Jason at Odyssey, dot com. Jason at Odyssey.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Derusha Eats podcast. Thanks for listening to Derusha Eats. Dan Cook is our producer. Jason Derusha is your host. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Derusha
1: Eats is a production of Odyssey.